described as children of the earth and skies. Some researchers speculate that the ancient Sumerians had a remarkable understanding of the universe, as depicted in artifacts showing the solar system with planets orbiting the sun. Adding to their intrigue are depictions of ancient handbags and bracelets. The Sumerians made groundbreaking inventions, including the wheel, alphabet, and the calendar we use today. They also developed irrigation systems for farming, and established a system to measure time in seconds, minutes, and hours. Some believe that knowledge was bestowed upon them. The Sumerian civilization appears to have been one of the most advanced of its time, challenging modern explanations of our history. The discovery of 30,000 stone tablets from ancient Sumeria includes the story called the Epic of Gilgamesh, which features a great flood, an event also found in many other religious texts. Scientists link the end of the last ice age to several temperature anomalies and a significant rise in sea levels, likely caused by an asteroid impact. This catastrophic event may have led to the rapid melting of ice and widespread devastation to various species, including animals, plants, and humans. Some speculate that the tale of the Great Flood is not a mere myth, but a way of passing down knowledge through generations to ensure its survival. Recent findings, such as Gobekli Tepe in Upper Mesopotamia, dating back at least 11,600 years, have questioned the age and origins of the Sumerians. It is still uncertain where the ancient Sumerians originated from, and some theories suggest they may have migrated south into southern Mesopotamia, where the people of Gobekli Tepe became the Sumerians we know today. Feel free to share your thoughts. In now, I want y'all to check this out, fam. You know, we got to listen to the crafty counsel that people be listening to, especially the people in Africa. You know, I hear that BB, the is not for real Zionist, is trying to say y'all cool, he this and this. He trying to get something from y'all, get close to y'all for something for a reason. He know that it's his time to go 
And he and if all y'all get together and get them gone, he gone. So what crafty counsel that he got gone? I want y'all to listen to him very, very closely because the speech is kind of low. And um, I want y'all to grasp onto it and be prepared to listen to what he's saying. Because you know that these people went over there and stole our land. These people don't give a up about Africa because they they treat us like they the one that furnished the slave ship for our forefathers. That's all right. With our African friends, we think that Israel now is the best partner that the countries of uh, Africa could have. And it's something that is dear to our hearts. The founder of uh, the founder of uh, modern Zionism, the national movement of the Jewish people, was Theodor Herzl, and he said, "After I liberate the Jewish people, I will go to Africa to help liberate the black people." We have uh, our African brethren, the Ethiopian Jews, who are in our society, and I personally work every few weeks to interview, help integrate more and more and incorporate them in our society. Definitely a lot to unpackage in that video, right? Let's just start with their African brethren, the Ethiopian Jews. A lot of the women were given contraceptive without consent because they did not want to have no little black babies running around their little apartheid state. So he gonna liberate the people in Africa. Liberate them from what? From those diamond mines that's drenched in blood that one of the apartheid corporations makes so much profits in? Facts over feelings, 1997 marked a pivotal moment when a couple of apartheid state diamond businesses began penetrating the Congolese market. It's not a dink either that this happened at the same time of rapid destabilization in the country. How can some folks that took advantage of destabilization and in some instances brought it on try to be the same entity to quote unquote liberate some folks? Make it make sense. And then you said, what about Theodore Herschel? Man, he was one of the folks that almost had Uganda looking like the Gaza Strip. Stop playing. Education is elevation. See, fam, see, y'all got to watch out for this crafty council that he got going on. Y'all got to check what he's saying in his mindset. I hope Africa, 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 Africa. I hope y'all listening. Because all that riches that y'all got underground and all this stuff that's going on in the world, and y'all got y'all got the world by the balls, but y'all don't know how to govern yourself as a nation of people. Y'all a bunch of thieves and no honor among thieves. So when y'all gonna become lower family, righteous, on one mindset. One Africa, one nation. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all too much. Y'all too much in some some kind of delusional state. Why these people stealing y'all 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 minerals? Our minerals out there, um, and and y'all sitting at home with no lights on. Family, children hungry, looking for food. Got to go out here and steal or do something. Emmanuel that you don't want to do to eat. Come on, man. 
y'all need to start killing each other just like we need to start killing each other and look at each other as brothers start looking at each other as brothers man we all can folk we all cousins and we allow a nation of people to destroy us and make us look like we ain't kin folk. We kin folks in some kind of generational generational outlet. Hi friends. Oh shit. I have to turn it around. So hi friends. I want to talk to you today about Operation London Bridge. Now, in the event of the Queen's death, they were going to do Operation London Bridge. But they didn't have to. They didn't do it. No, they didn't. Because they had King Charles. They're still in control. So why would they do that? So I'm going to tell you. The Queen died on April 9th. Now... This year, what's happening on April 8th, 2024? Oh, the solar eclipse. So you mean to tell me that that she died a day after the solar eclipse last couple years? I can't remember when she died. I think it was 22. But I'm telling you, it was a reminder that on April 8th, something incredible was going to happen. The eclipse in the Bible and the cicadas. And that is a warning to those people in charge, the king and all those, to stand down. And how much you want to bet that on April 9th, King Charles will pass from his cancer. Hmm. And then they're going to try to put a witch in that house, which is his wife, Camilla. Oh, yeah, they are. And so, God's not going to let that happen. He's not going to let that happen. The eclipse is going to foil their plans. And it's going to be great. So, I'm saying Operation London Bridge is going to start on April 9th. Because I don't think Camilla can be queen. And one other thing. Um... Where was it? Let me get it in the back of my mind. We are going to enter into March Madness, baby. And Q talks about March Madness, and we thought it was in 2023. Hell no! March Madness is in 2024, and they ain't going to make it through it. Bye, Haley! The ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States here on our own soil. Our country is really an increased threat for a terrorist attack. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans. We are addressing these threats with a sense of urgency. 
Some pretty incredible developing news coming out today as both the FBI director and Congress came out today and warned of attacks on U.S. soil. I'm going to share with you the video footage from both of these so that way you could see it for yourself and let me know your thoughts. Do they know something that we don't as both of them came out today and made these warnings? Take a look. Ray warns of an increased terrorist threat, says U.S. is in a dangerous period right now. And this comes with the breaking news unfolding today that Yemen has officially declared war against Israel. And we're hearing that this could bring about World War III even more so. The tensions are getting high. Take a look. Yemen's Houthi rebels claim attacks on Israel, drawing their main sponsor, Iran, closer to the Hamas war. And we've heard Iran has been attacking the U.S. troops in the Middle East, and the U.S. is now attacking back. Iran has warned that the United States will not be spared from their fire if this war continues. And now Yemen entering the war. This brings Iran one step closer and the U.S. to a World War III. Take a look. Yemen's Houthis enter the Mideast fray, hardening spill over fears. And I'm going to share with you the latest video footage of the warning coming out from Yemen. And as I mentioned, also the FBI director and Congress's warning to the United States of attacks here on our soil. Now, I know that this is not the news that anybody wants to hear, that we're one step closer to World War III and that there are potential terrorist attacks that could take place here in the U.S. But if you appreciate the... We've already seen that with the individual we arrested last week in Houston who'd been studying how to build bombs and posted online about his support for killing Jews. And with the tragic killing of a six-year-old Muslim boy in Illinois and what we're investigating as a federal hate crime. But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. And while historically our Hamas cases have identified individuals located here who are facilitating and financing Hamas's terrorism overseas, we're continuing to scrutinize our intelligence to assess how the threat may be evolving. But it's not just Hamas. As the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, the Iranians, for instance, have directly or by hiring criminals mounted assassination attempts against dissidents and high-ranking current and former U.S. government officials, including right here on American soil. And along those lines, Hezbollah, Iran's primary strategic partner, has a history of seeding operatives and infrastructure, obtaining money and weapons, and spying in this country going back years. Given that disturbing history, we are keeping a close eye on what impact recent events may have on those groups' intentions here in the United States and how those intentions might evolve. Well, first, I want to thank uh, Senator Cruz and Senator Cornyn for always being so forward in welcoming us to their home state of Texas and for organizing opportunities for us to go and visit the southern border of the United States with Mexico. We have just returned from our southern border. And it is painfully clear that with Joe Biden's open border policy, our country is really at an increased threat for a terrorist attack. 
A couple days before we got there, alert border agents were able to seize immigrants carrying with them IEDs, explosive devices really tailor-made for terrorism. They were the size of cannonballs. We went on a midnight patrol on Thursday night and encountered a group of migrants from as far away as Moldova. The uh, one man in his middle-aged man was there said he was traveling as a family. That's because families received special treatment. Uh, he had a young girl with him, maybe about the age of 10, said it was his daughter. She, um, she looked scared. There was no sign of affection and there was no mother. You know, we used to do DNA testing to make sure this really was a family. No, Joe Biden stopped that testing. So now it's much easier to exploit children. You've seen the statistics, over 8 million border crossings, illegal border crossings under Joe Biden. Last month, another all-time high. It's gotten so bad that the uh, Homeland Security has raised the terror threat because so many people are coming in illegally and there are so many gotaways, people that run and hide in an effort to not be detected. Two million of those. Like if only one out of every thousand of those was a terrorist, you're still talking about thousands of people in this country illegally anywhere they could be. And remember, in terms of 9-11, it only took a dozen terrorists to take down the World Trade Center as well as hit the Pentagon. So there you have it, and again, that was today. Now, as more information comes out on this, I will be sure to share with you here on the channel. As a lot of people are saying, we are edging closer and closer to World War III with the conflicts going on in the Middle East. Now, in addition to that, I also share with you some updates of attacks happening on U.S. campuses and protests taking place around the United States, and we're hearing that things are intensifying. It's likely only going to get worse. Now, in addition to that, I also shared with you about a takeover of an airport just in the past 48 hours in Russia as pro-Palestinian protesters overtook their airport and were going from plane to plane seeking out Israel. You know, we... So now they have a thing going on that's called racial displacement and relocation. In other words, for gentrification, here's what they're doing. They're starting to close the grocery stores in the small and the black neighborhoods. And that way you are forcing them to move out because there's no sustainable life. You remember when I told y'all that they was closing all of those stores is going to be closed like the CVS is in the, you know, the places that they're closing the majority of on the inner cities in the inner neighborhoods where the, the, the people who need the medication got to go down to the CVS store right at the corner. They finna close that corner store on the CVS where the old lady need the medication. Or the pregnant girl got to come on late night to go get the. So many people rely on those to get their medications and stuff that they feel they need. And then those grocery stores. See, if you take away the drug stores and the grocery stores out of the inner cities, you've taken away everything. You've really given them nothing to live on. That they they finna gentrify and displace and relocate. All of the African-American and Latino and low-income Caucasians that are on the inner cities, right? They're going to starve you out, make you fight each other, and then have you vacate the premises. See, if they cut off the food and they cut off the medication and supplies, 
you will then force them to relocate. It's almost like how animals, right? When the when the water wells dry up, they have to relocate the herd to another place where there's sustainable life. That's what they're doing. They're 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 they're, they're relocating, causing forcing people to relocate because they kill taking out all of the grocery stores in the inner cities. Three days of darkness will occur when the earth passes through the photon belt. This is as the earth enters and passes through this belt. There will be no sunlight nor moonlight on the earth's surface. Photons are electromagnetic particles that travel at the speed of light and will act as a barrier or temporary shield around the earth, preventing the light of the sun or the stars from passing through it. This is expected to last 72 hours or five days. There are no breaks or periods of light. During the three days, only darkness. Recommendations. Stock up on food, water, candles, other essential items. All sunlight will be blocked and solar panels will not generate energy. Stay at home and avoid traveling for safety reasons. The sunlight will return to the earth marking the beginning of the golden age. So I got this friend. This friend got an inbox here on TikTok. And that inbox said, hey, we want to hire you. And she was like, okay, what's the job? They said, okay, we'll send you a list of creators. And all you have to do is go in their comment sections and basically comment rude shit. The object of this game is to get those creators to start saying rude shit back. What's the point of, you know, getting in people's comments arguing? Guess what people said? To get their accounts banned. And that means we in Europe need to already start looking ahead and thinking ahead about how we are going to win the war against Africa. Because there will be a future war between Europe and Africa. Now, Africans. Hope you heard and understood what he just said. This nihilistic narcissist haunted by demons and delusions says, quote and unquote, there will be a future war between Europe and Africa. Listen again. There will be a future war between Europe and Africa. You heard him, right? Okay, while your Africans fight one another over jollof rice, generator, Afcon, and uh, Amapiano, some Dutch dimwith is preparing the minds of his people for a potential war against all of you, irrespective of your jollof rice, irrespective of your electricity, irrespective of your Afrobeat. Now, have you ever paused for a minute to even ponder the reason for this clarion call for a potential European war against Africa? Do you know why the West is so afraid of Africa in the next 10 years? Why they are so afraid? No, but let me tell you. It's because some African youths, I'm one of them, we are already waking up and breaking free from the mental shackles 
of the West. So while you sit there behind your keyboards, while you sit there behind your phone screens to impeachly type damaging, derogating, vituperative and invective things about your fellow African brothers and sisters in their countries, while you fight one another over whose jollof rice is the best or who has the, 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 the best football team in this AFCON electricity supply or the best English accent like seriously English accent a colonizer's language now while you bash and drag other Africans who are also victims of the same system you are a victim of but probably because you are more of a house negro now some europeans are already planning for a war against africa against you all of you shame on you not a war against ghana not a war against nigeria or south africa or cameroon or kenya but against africa and all you do is fight one another and you keep wondering how africa was defeated and subjugated how did they do it why did our forefathers blah 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 you keep wondering how it is possible that the west so completely duplicitous and unworthy how they have ruled the world for thousands of years this is exactly the reason what you are doing is exactly the reason is because all of you you put your energy into counting the stars while the moon passes you by shame on all of you shame on you nigerians shame on you cameroonians Ghanaians, and south african all of you fighting one another like dogs fighting their own kinds over their human masters have you seen dogs you see the way they fight one another when they see because they are with their masters you keep barking incessantly at one another like stray dogs and keep washing all your dirty linens outside while you sleep while you fight they are preparing war against you now i have always said this and i will say it for the opting time our common enemy our enemy doesn't care about the geographical and political borders that separate an akan in ghana from a jeweler in ivory coast they don't care or an Edo in Nigeria from a Basa, Bamileke or Bakundu in Cameroon. They don't care. Our common enemy doesn't care which African country has the best electricity supply. Our common enemy doesn't care which African country has the best pepper, Cameroon pepper or jollof rice or Amapiano. They only care to see us disunited weak and susceptible to conquer and that is what we are doing and we are here making it easy for them now i know some of us would say he's just one man why worry over something that one man said you see that is the mentality when a colonizer oversteps boundaries you are tolerant but when an african does less you bash him you drag him you wash him you drag the whole the entire country that is the level of self-hate in your heart now this lunatic this guy who calls himself the great 
Johannes started very small. I remember I reacted to one of his videos back in December, and then he had just a few thousand followers. Not, I mean, I mean, his followers then uh, they were still less than 10k, but today he has garnered over 46,000 followers with the same hate content against melanated people in Africa. He's, he's gathering people. You see, this is why we should take any anti-African agenda seriously. Let's hear what, why he said the Europeans should be preparing for a war against Africa. Let's hear. Let's listen to him. There's a Bullets fly, another gun, all the wings and what they lost. We've been down for way too long, getting tired of holding on. I remember nights that I was dolly, far from being holy. Had to keep it on me, shot it, bro. Had to keep my guard, pour off some little fun for the ones we lost. And I'm so grateful for all the time we got. Some of my niggas never really got their shot. I won't let them down, I make them proud the way I move You know I represent everything I do Down it out, falling in Today, the president of Brazil By comparing Israel's war in Gaza against Hamas A genocidal terrorist organization To the Holocaust President Silva has disgraced the memory of six million Jews murdered by the Nazis and he's demonized the Jewish state like the most virulent anti-Semite. He should be ashamed of himself. We cannot leave a quarter of Hamas's terrorist battalions intact. No one would do that in the case of fighting ISIS. You wouldn't leave a quarter of ISIS intact in a defined territory. You wouldn't even think about that. And you didn't. America finished the job with its allies. We will finish the job here with our brave soldiers. And we will make sure that the civilian population has a way to get out of harm's way. So I just had to pop on here and make a video about this image behind me for just one second. So what you see behind me is Israel's war cabinet plus Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, watching pro-Palestinian TikToks. And because he didn't like what he saw and heard, he wants to have TikTok ban these videos that we're making. So along with finding out that dozens of ex-U.S. State Department officials and CIA agents are in key positions at TikTok who have the ability to not only mess with the algorithm, but shut you down completely. And as you see here, this is all an offshoot of Project Texas which is a $1.5 billion security operation to move TikTok's data in Austin, Texas in partnership with tech giant Oracle, which is the corporation, which is the CIA in name only. 
So the reason for all these shenanigans apparently is because Herzog wants to combat social media posts that are anti-Israel because he believes that they are lies and they harm Israel's self-interest, which means we don't believe in the bull because we can see it with our own lying eyes. The fact that they can do nothing but sit back and watch our TikToks shows that we actually are changing and we do have the power to change the way this is going. So keep doing exactly what you're doing. The American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC. If you haven't heard about them, you've been on Mars for a while. APAC spends two to three million dollars a year lobbying Congress on behalf of Israel and promoting Zionist causes. And it frequently writes legislation for Congress. APAC. The American Israel Education Foundation spends millions of dollars annually on paid trips to Israel for members of Congress. They're constantly taking members of Congress to Israel for the purpose of influencing them. The Anti-Defamation League, ADL, spends millions of dollars annually spying on Americans who are critical of Israel and uses massive amounts of money in smearing those people not deemed friendly to Israel. The mainstream media also promotes the Zionist agenda by accusing those on ADL lists as being anti-Semitic. The International Fellowship of Christian and Jews uses a $100 million annual revenue stream to promote Israel Zionism among evangelical Christians. Center, the Central Fund of Israel uses a $20 million revenue stream promoting Israeli settlements in Palestine. Christians United for Israel, founded by John Hagee, run by a Jewish American attorney from Tel Aviv, David Brogue. His, its lobbying arm is called CUFI Action Fund, headed by Gary Bauer, uses a $7 million annual budget to lobby members of Congress on behalf of Zionist causes. Hagee himself has given more than $80 million to Zionist causes in Israel. And then, if that's not enough in your spare time, you might want to check out the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, Simon Weisenthal Center, Israel Project, Friends of Israeli Defense Forces, Women's Zionist Organizations of America, the Jewish Agency for Israel, American Friends of Likud, American Israel Cooperative Enterprise, the Israel Allies, Allies Foundation, the Jewish Policy Center, Leon and Harry Helmsley Charitable Trust, Jewish Council for Public Affairs, Zionist Organization of America, World Jewish Congress, Republican Jewish Coalition, National Jewish Democratic Council, Sister Center for Security Policy, Israeli American Council, etc., 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 etc. These are all lobbying groups for Zionist Israel in Washington, D.C. There is no other single lobby that comes close to the power and wealth and influence of the Israeli lobby in Washington, D.C. Sheldon Adelson, major Zionist, major financial contributor to Trump's 2016 campaign, 
Adelson gave over $100 million to Trump's presidential campaign in 2016. $100 million from one Zionist, Sheldon Adelson. He gave over $50 million to the Republican super PACs in 2016. What a coincidence that Trump and most of the Republican congressmen are lackeys for Zionist interests. That's just one election year. $150 million from one man. Zionist. The American... Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the Netherlands addressed the court uh, in the last hour. He says Israel is treating Palestinians as dispensable objects. Israel defends this obscene brutality as the necessary price for defeating Hamas. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia firmly rejects this twisted logic. Israel's actions in laying waste to the Gaza Strip, killing and maiming tens of thousands of innocent civilians, depriving them of food, water, and the basic means of survival, while displacing virtually the entire population of the 2.3 million people are not justified under any circumstances. Israel's actions have severely dehumanized the Palestinian population treating them as dispensable objects rather than human beings. These disgraceful acts, which have brought about formal accusation before this esteemed court that Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinian population. can think of from way back in the day? I can talk some more about it. Yeah. I can remember when my daddy went to the cotton field to chop cotton. And there's a big old oak tree sitting over on the cotton field. And the balls come out there riding in a horse. And uh, he slapped that across the head two or three times with one of them hand, hand, hand holes, uh, and uh, run him out under the tree. Me and mama was sitting on the opposite of a tree. And he told us, if you want to stay on my farm, you better get up and get to go to work. Or don't you get the hell off of it. I never will forget that. And uh, daddy worked all that day. We worked all that day, but we went in that night. Uh, he cut out the lights on every house that had lights on them. And told the people they, they didn't want to work. They'd sleep in the dark. Oh, uh, they won't have no fire. Oh, uh, it was hell back there then. Uh, white folk didn't care nothing about no black folk back then in my young days. They was all just like mules, horses, and dogs to the white back in them days. Uh, I know they carried my daddy out in the woods and tied a uh, rope around his neck and, and pulled him up by the tree, tree limb, and daddy stayed there until he passed out. They stood there until daddy passed out. When daddy passed it out, uh, they, they let him down. 
Let him down and that and all. I guess it's about 10 or 15 minutes for my dad to come back to his cell. And uh, when he did that, he told daddy to get the hell off of his farm. And don't come back there. I'm sorry working, sorry with bitch. So daddy left that walking that evening. Uh, about sundown, we didn't, that, uh, that was on a Monday. We didn't see my daddy you know, until that next Monday. And then next Monday, uh, <laughs> <laughs> next month, next Monday, daddy moved. What a white man to call Mr. John Camel. <laughs> and Mr. John Camel was good to us. He hoped Daddy move. Hope Daddy get his stuff together and bought us a country grocery. That's that's when that very little started leaving us. Going from Mr. John Camel about seven years. And uh, when he died, his wife sold a farm. And uh, daddy moved back to Lone Oak then. And uh, he started working for a man they called Mr. John Cameron. And Mr. John Cameron worked daddy about, all oh, about six, seven months. He bought him a new car. And he sold daddy's old A-model car. He sold it to daddy. And that's when daddy packed his little hole with a little head and left my mama. He went back home to his daddy. His daddy lived in Kilo, Illinois. That was his home, my daddy's home. My mama's home was in Arkansas. And, uh, And he was jumping on mama, beat mama up. White fellow come along that one day. Mama was crying and getting out. He asked her what's wrong. So she told him. He said, well, said, get what you want to care with you. And damn the rest, he said, and I'll send you home. And he picked me mama up in the truck. Okay, that's to the and thank God from where. See, uh, you. This is uh, Mr. George here, 100 years old. Mr. G. He talking about the things that he had went through as he was a little child. You don't think that these things, these racism and all these things, didn't, you know, put the subconscious on children back then? Then. People of non-pigmentation wouldn't understand this. And we should have a voice for this. But we don't want to have a voice for this. We want to have a voice for everything else but what they did to these people, our people, our forefathers, and what needs to move on from this. Only if we can hear a lot of stories like this from our old from from our seniors OGs.
our senior OGs and our senior OGs, they ought to be able to be on there. 100 years old, got a whole lot of story to tell, got a whole lot of hurt to, hurt to let y'all know how he was feeling. It been a long time ago, he still feeling hurt, he crying. And he 100 years old. His mom and dad done been gone and all this and all this. And now he got great, 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 great. Now, they tell, he tell you how ruthless the Caucasian man is and was. And they, and they saying they don't have no pity. That's what, so what, when your forefathers did something, if your forefathers, you had no pity, but you got people that lived that lifestyle that was affected by it, why you don't give them no pity? Why you don't give them no help? Why you don't give them no purpose? That's why the most I got to come and save us, bro. That's why. Let's analyze. This message is for the chosen ones of God. Chosen ones, do not worry about what's going on. There is talk about the power grid shutting down. There's talk about a cyber attack. All those things that's being talked about, do not allow the enemy to project fear onto you. God was clear when he said, do not worry. Think about this. When God was delivering the children of Israel out of captivity, many things happened in those times. God sent a death angel to bring judgment on the Egyptians, to bring judgment on the oppressors. That judgment was not for the children of Israel. God instructed them what to do. He told them to put the blood of a lamb onto their doorposts as a sign of protection against the death angel. So even though these things was happening, it was not for them. It was not for God's chosen. There are many things that's going to happen. There are a lot of things coming. But just as well as God kept you through a pandemic, God can keep you now. God's will is going to be done in your life. The chosen ones have been through so much rigorous training, so much suffering and afflictions because it was God's way of testing where our dependency is. And if your dependency is on the system, you will not survive because the system is going to collapse and God is going to allow the destruction of the system in order for him to position his kingdom. God is tearing down walls. God is destroying the powers of darkness at their own demise so don't allow the media don't allow what's going on to project fear onto you the bible is clear when god instructed us do not worry that's not optional the bible says fear not be not dismayed when you have a close relationship with god when you have intimacy with god he reveals the truth he reveals his truth to you intimacy is knowing and God will reveal information about what's to come. Before the pandemic, God had already let his elect know, made us privy to the fact that something was coming. When God tells us something, we know in part, he doesn't reveal everything. However, he gives you just enough to where you can lean and 
depend on him and trust in him. The chosen ones live in a different reality. We are conscious and aware of what's going on. We see through all of the BS. The ones who are not chosen are living in a whole nother reality to where they're almost oblivious to truth. They're almost oblivious to what's going on. And it seems like they're living a life without opposition. But just as God delivered the children of Israel out of captivity from their oppressors, God is delivering his people even today. He's going to set us on high as it was in the days of Joseph when there was a famine in the land, God sustained his people. They were sustained by the word of God. They were sustained by the gifts of Joseph and him foreknowing what's to come because he had intimacy with God. The only way you will be made privy to anything is when you have intimacy with God. Just like any relationship, God wants us to spend time in worship, in prayer, and reading his word so that we can have an understanding and know his voice. His sheep know his voice. We need to know God's voice. We need to be able to hear him in this time. Because if you're out of touch and out of tune, you won't be able to know what to do. You won't be able to hear when he's giving you instructions. Prior to the pandemic, God was already telling his people, his chosen ones, the elect, his prophets, he was already telling them. He was giving instructions for what to do and for what was to come. Those were the ones that everyone was looking at as crazy. The things of God is foolish to the people in the world. It was foolish to people when the prophets were saying, something is coming, store up, prepare, something is coming. They were sounding the alarms and people were thinking that they were crazy or not taking it seriously. Just like they didn't take Noah seriously. It says in the word of God that just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man. In the days of Noah, there was giants. There was Nephilim. The Bible talks about Nephilim. There was so much wickedness, but because Noah had an intimate relationship with God, it's one thing to know of God versus to know him and have a knowing. In the Bible, it refers to knowing as intimacy. When it says Adam knew Eve and they bore a child, to be intimate is to know. God wants you to know him intimately so that he can let you know and give you insight and instructions. That's the only way we'll survive. Some of you, God is going to instruct to move closer to your loved ones, closer to the people in the body of Christ, meaning the church. Some of you, God may tell you to go to the mountain. Some of you, God may tell to sell your property. Some of you, God may tell you to downsize. Some of you, God may tell you specific instructions that may seem crazy, but it won't be crazy when you see things manifest in the earth. But do not worry. Do not fear. Be not dismayed because God is with you and he's coming back for his chosen. He's coming back to regulate things on the earth, to set his kingdom on this earth. So we have something to rejoice about. It says, look up for your redeemer draws nigh. That means he's close and he's closer than we think. Yes, it is the end times, but it's the end of time as we know it. God is doing a new thing. We have something to be excited for. But with every word that God gives you, with every instruction, it's conditional. His love is unconditional, but his word is conditional. When he gives you instructions, do this so you can have that. You can have that if you do this. Take heed to the instructions and the warnings of God so that you will be sustained 
in these times. We don't have no, nothing to worry because our dependency is not on this system. And how clever was the enemy to use technology? But those who's dependent on God is the only ones that will be sustained. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So that's what this is all about. This solar flare from the April the 8th. I want y'all to hear me out because I've been doing the research. The poles are supposed to switch. Excuse me. Now, okay, the poles are supposed to switch. The north is supposed to go to the south and the south is supposed to go to the north. Okay, this is the pole shift. Now, based on my research, there's things called um, solar storms before the 8th of this this is supposed to occur leading up to this there's going to be a magnetic field and there's going to be solar flares of heat like there's going to be flames magnetic flames that come in astronomically hot temperatures and they're supposed to be emitting from the sun now when they emit from the sun they can cause power grid shutdowns right because of the heat a lot of the power grids weren't built to maintain that kind of heat levels so when they're talking about this nine month shutdown from the power grid that means it's going to happen on or about april the 8th maybe a day after maybe the day before right so they're giving us the heads up right now it's not going to be from no comprehensive like Klaus Schwarzen, a comprehensive they trying to act like they take credit no, it's the power grids may go down because of the solar flare and the magnetic heat waves that's coming from the sun on April the 8th see I got to dig in deep to try to make sure I get to understand them and they leaving for before the 8th because they know they can't stand and take those rays those heat rays that's like heat gamma rays that's coming from the sun they can't take it right but they don't know how long the effects are going to last so that's why they're building these bunkers and if there's not going to be any power if all the power grids or the majority of the power grids are knocked out right then there's going to be a long-term power outage, i.e. this nine months where they say they're going to let 90% of the people die. Remember, they said they're going to let 90% of the people die. So we know that it's intentional, but they're just going to let it happen because it's an occurrence that happens every thousands, a hundred thousand years or 7,000 years or whatever, 5,000, whatever it is. So it happens every X amount of years. And they already know it's that time that when the sun is allegedly supposed to flip, the North Pole becomes the South and the South becomes the North, right? From the solar, the, the solar Polaris system, you know what I mean? So, and that's what's supposed to be, and that's when everybody's supposed to, some people's supposed to change during this time. From the, from the electromagnetic rays of the sun, some people are supposed to elevate and that's what it's supposed to be. So I'm doing more research, but I want to be able to bring y'all this so y'all can get a better understanding of what this April 8th is about. And I'm going to keep y'all updated. Well, there you have it. Japan and China, 
they're dumping U.S. treasuries. They just dumped $350 billion worth five days ago. This is very troubling because they're the biggest uh, treasury holders that we have. China and Japan, I tell you, things are going to get bad because in 30 days from now, China is going to ask everybody that's buying anything from China to pay in yuan. No more U.S. currency. If you don't think that that's troubling, stock up. Stock up on food, rice, wheat, canned goods, coffee, anything that you can trade. Because with our fiat money, it's not going to be worth anything soon. But what things are going to be worth are things you can trade. Commodities, you're going to be able to trade your talents. You're going to be able to trade your skills, your knowledge, but not your money anymore. 30 days, mark my words. And I'm not telling you this to scare you. I'm telling you this to prepare you. Because I'd rather you be prepared and not scared. Unlike the government. In the book Russian Icons by Father Vladimir Ivanov, recently rediscovered, we find the most interesting collection of Christian icons. It is of high interest for two reasons. Number one, it depicts the various Christian icons as black. And number two, this is not found in Western Europe, but well in Eastern Europe and Russia. This means that black people were venerated as deities from Spain to France, Italy, Germany, and all the way to Russia. In some, all over Europe. There are at least 500 black Madonnas in Europe, not counting the ones hidden in the Vatican, 128 in France alone, and you need to remember that these icons survived multiple waves of iconoclasm. This means that in the past, they would have been ubiquitous throughout Europe, before the great artists like Michelangelo and Leonardo were commissioned to start painting the classic Europeanized face of Jesus that we know today. So then, as always, if we ask the critical questions, if the mainstream historical narrative is true, and that black people have never achieved anything of note in history, why then were they depicted and venerated all over Europe? Even more intriguing, what were black people doing in so many depictions, descriptions, sculptures, and plays in Europe at all? For those who have been listening, it is simply because they were present in such numbers and it yielded such influence that even the planned erasure and systematic destruction of the icon survived from Western Europe to Eastern Europe, from Germany to Italy. Now it's 
time to take it to me. I know what got you from all of your enemies. Who you know open the sea? Them waters are bitter, but I made it sweet. In case you ain't know how to swim, I'm, I'm your protector, so I made you walk on your feet. This a reminder you married to me. I just want you to be all I called you to be. They called you niggas, but I made you priests. I'm about to give you back everything. I'm sending plagues for you. I'm sending boys drying up rivers. I leave them dead for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. You, you only have I known. Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you put my name in my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel. I'm the reason you in the captivity. We made a covenant, you ain't remember me. You broke the covenant, I sent your enemy. Get out my land since you was in fairy. I'm, I'm, I'm the reason they put you in chains. comment you can post it at the bottom you got a voice that you want to be heard just send it to my instagram phase 380 everybody do their part and the world can be a better place i ain't here for no drama i ain't here for no problems i ain't here for no static I'm here to learn, I'm here to learn, and I'm here to learn. 